On this episode of the podcast, I tell the guys about how one superstar's pettiness led to a title for one team and relocation for another. Ooh, it has to be basketball if teams are moving around. Oh, you yeah. better believe it is. <laughs> and you gotta know it's the 60s. Yes! Yeah. Welcome to the 60s! New theme song. Recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is the 60s. And definitely not Hairspray. <laughs> Wait, is that what that's yeah. from? I don't know theater. The theater, the theater. Because what this happened was to this the theater? You've got to finish the line! You always quote um, My Fair Lady on this podcast. Well, that's not theater, that's, that's culture. <laughs> There's, uh, it's like a hot tub jacuzzi situation. I can't get into it now because that's not what this podcast is. This podcast is is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sweezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week, we are discussing the NBA. Woo! Hooray! Woot woot! Basketball. Warning to any and all Cincinnati Royals slash Sacramento Kings fans. They exist, I'm are sure. You, are you sure, though? I've, Out West, maybe. I've, I, I mean, I grew up in California, and I think I've met one Kings fan in my whole well, life. Well, it's like Northern California and probably parts of... Not even Oregon. I guess right? parts of yeah. my, maybe Montana. Idaho? <laughs> Utah? Some, no, they got the jazz. No, they're exactly, just sunk. Right? They're sunk. So if there are any of you out there, and if you happen to be listening... And if you can hear me... Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> Alright, this is the musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for that reason, and the ones I'm about to say, you want to cover your ears. Or focus your efforts on revolting against your front office. Because they're bad. Oh my they gosh. are so bad. The Kings haven't so been relevant bad. in, what, 15 years? Yeah. Since, um... Six? Four. Honestly, since Chris Webber. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's been a while. Been, been a while. Nice. <laughs> we start our story on November 24th, 1938, in Charlotte, Tennessee, with the birth of the original Mr. Triple Double, Oscar Robertson. Yes. Yeah. And so we're going to go day by day in his life. (laughs) Walk me through what he He ate. He's two days old. (laughs) Robertson grew up in Indianapolis with a love for the game of basketball, despite baseball being the more accessible uh, sport in his impoverished neighborhood. Um, He would eventually be good enough to become a star for the Crispus Attucks High School, an all-black school. As a sophomore in 1954, Robertson would lead his team to a deep playoff run that would be eventually ended by Milan, the team that Hoosiers is based on. Oh, okay. So okay. he gets a pass Yeah, because Hoosiers fair. happened. Hoosiers. <laughs> the next year, Robertson would lead his team to a dominant 31-1 record and a state championship. Dang. The first championship for any all-black school in the nation. Double dang. Yeah. That was the big one for me. My <laughs> double dang, triple dang. <laughs> he would also lead his team to a 31-0 record and a second state championship 
his senior season, being I, named Mr. Basketball for the state of Indiana. Yeah, wow. so he went, what, 62-1 and one over his last two years? Yeah. I, I love reading stories about god athletes in high school. Yeah, right. Like, Derrick Henry's stats from high school are always incredible. Allen Iverson leading his teams to both football and basketball state <laughs> yes. championships as a quarterback and star point guard. The man. Incredible. Can you imagine going to high school with somebody like that? No. Like, you don't even have no. to be friends with them. You just have you're to you just have, exist. You're able to hang your hat on and be like, I went to high school with someone. Yeah, that's the so. fun thing. And you meet those people all the yeah. time. Uh-huh. You always meet people that went to high school with someone. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. After high school, Robertson attended the University of Cincinnati. He would spend three years as a Bearcat, leading them to a total record of 79-9. and nine. And two Final Four appearances over that time. Individually, Robertson excelled even further, winning the NCAA scoring title all three years. Nice. Averaging an overall 33.8 points per game. Yeah, no wonder they were winning so much. Yeah, no, he was going off constantly. He doesn't need the rest of his team. No, who would? (laughs) He set 19 school records and 14 NCAA records, including the all-time NCAA points record. He would eventually lose this title to Pistol Pete Maravich a few years later. Robertson's now 11th on that list at 2,973, but Maravich, fun fact, is still number one at an incredible 3,667. Shooter. Like, the next closest is like 400 points less. Wow. Yeah. No, it's insane. Yeah. Also, everyone between, other than Doug McDermott, everyone between... Pistol Pete and Oscar Robertson mm-hmm. is like people I've never heard of. I mean, it's, yeah, that makes sense. It'd be people who spent four years yeah. in college. A long time in college. Yeah, yeah. and that's like why this record will never be broken because anyone that's good enough to so score that many points pros. won't be there. Especially now that we have like the like young professional leagues happening, and people mm-hmm. are like, I yeah. don't even mm-hmm. need to go to college at all now. Yeah, right. I'm interested to see if college athletes getting paid will actually lead to. Some athletes staying Same longer. Long. Yeah. Like, the athletes that are marginal players that probably could break into the league. The if they're like, I, I'll yeah. actually make more money at college than I will professionally. Yeah. The second rounders. And they can yeah. develop more. Yeah. See, I, I am interested to see how this plays out in the yeah. next couple of years. I am excited because the you know NCAA is finally doing the right thing. And we're like, yeah, finally. Yeah. Pay your players and it'll make it'll improve the product. They're still not giving Reggie Bush his Heisman. Yeah, they ruled, I saw uh, that. I was real bad about that. Could that's not you? what this is about. This is basketball. Burn down the NCAA. Woot. Seriously, though. Robertson was the first ever NCAA College Player of the Year. An honor that was reflected by naming the trophy after him started in 98. Wait. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So they, they took him a while to get yeah, there. They invented they there it and gave it to him the first time. And then in 98, they're like, let's start naming let's it after him. you. The yeah. Oscar yeah. Robertson Award. <clears throat> you know, like 40 years later. Well, he had to, you know, do something in the NBA first before, yeah. before they could name the award. Yeah, after. sure, sure. And, you know, racism had to die a little bit. Just a little bit. After college, Robertson made himself eligible for the NBA draft and was selected first overall with a territorial pick by the Cincinnati Royals. <laughs> oh, territorial Love territorial God picks. bless territorial One picks. of those, uh, like, 11 Weirdest of 23 rules. that went to the Hall of Fame, I imagine. Yeah, no, it's insane. Jerry West was selected second overall by the Minneapolis Lakers, and the two of them would go on to co-captain the USA in the 1960 Olympics in Rome. 
dominating the competition on their way to a gold medal. Robertson would lead the team in scoring. As that he does. As you would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet that team had some good players on it, though. Yeah. So, yeah, no. It's actually, according um, to the research, like the, the like, article I was reading, a lot of people called that 1960 team the best accumulation of amateur talent that has ever been assembled. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, I, I can see it. Because uh, I think uh, Jerry, uh, not Jerry. Because um, professionals weren't allowed to play in the Olympics at this point. Right? Yeah, no, that is correct. Um, is it Jerry? There's another Hall of Famer that was there that like begged his way on. That we're, <laughs> we're going to. I'll remember the name. We we talk about him later. Okay. Um. So we'll get to that. But. Robertson's talent and productivity would immediately translate to the professional level as he debuted with 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists and an 140 point to 123 victory over the Lakers. Oh my, wow. in 1960? Yeah, opened up with a triple-double as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. But they also <laughs> scored 140 points. Yeah, no, that is There's also no shocking. There's no three-point line. There's no defense here. Or defense. <laughs> There's no defense here. Yeah. <laughs> Less than a month later, he tallied another ridiculous triple-double with 44 points, 15 rebounds, and 11 assists. Do you know how tall Oscar Robinson was? 6'5". Okay. Yeah. So not... You know, he was. Um, he's, he's not like a Ben Simmons where he's you know playing guard, but six no, foot ten. He was, but that was really big for the time. Sure. He was called like the first big point guard. Aww. Um But yeah, he posted that win. In, he posted that in a ridiculous win against the Philadelphia Warriors. Yay, Warriors! Robertson would continue to dominate throughout his rookie season, averaging thirty point five points. 10.1 rebounds, and 9.7 assists. Oh, so close. That's so insane. close. <laughs> On his way to the Rookie of the Year award, as you would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say so. <laughs> First team All-NBA honors, uh-huh. and the NBA All-Star MVP. Despite his illustrious rookie season, the Royals were only able to scrounge together a record of 33-46, and 46, the worst record in the West, and the second worst overall. Well, yeah, he's not in college anymore. He can't yeah. carry the team. Also, um, let's remember who else is playing at this time. Gods. Yeah. Um, nice. Sorry, that, was that was clean. That was clean. Fun fact, they had the second worst record in the league. Uh, only better than the Knicks. Yay. Some things never change. The Knicks will always be bad. Robertson built on his stellar debut by becoming the first player in NBA history to average a triple-double over the course of a season. With a 30.8 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 11.4 assists in his sophomore year. With a then record of 41 triple doubles. Yep, so no sophomore slump for this guy. No, No. not even a little bit. (laughs) That record would stand until Russell Westbrook recorded 42 triple doubles in the 2016-2017 season. He also shattered the NBA single-season assist record with 899 assists. Wow. 184 That's... better than the record he broke. <laughs> so he was very good at passing the ball wow. as well yeah. as very he was good at scoring God. and rebounding. Yes. This time, the Royals were able to put together a 43-37 and 37 record and ah. secured a playoff berth. Progress. Unfortunately, they would lose in the first round to the Detroit Pistons. Well, it's the Pistons. It's the Pistons. <laughs> no one well, can beat right. them. Yeah, exactly. They haven't lost Except themselves. Oh. In his third season, Robertson averaged 28.3 points per game, 10.4 rebounds, and 9.5 assists, 
narrowly missing out on averaging a triple-double. Ah, so close. So close all these times. The Royals would make it to the Eastern Finals, but lose out to Bill Russell and the Celtics in seven games. Well, we already established on this podcast that the Bill Russell's teams were unfair. No, they were gods, but they took them to seven. Yeah, I know. Which is incredible because... Who else was on this team other than Oscar Robertson? I don't remember when he joined. I think at this point, um, why can't I remember his name? Because he doesn't. Jerry exist. Lucas. Jerry, okay. Lu- Jerry I've Lucas. Heard is, of Jerry yeah, Lucas. Jerry Lucas is on the team. Um, but it's ends, not. He five ends up a warrior. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> which is where he's most remembered, I think. Uh-huh. But and then eventually to the Knicks. But uh, yeah, he's also the one that made it onto the Olympic team. Aha! He yeah. snuck on there. Mm-hmm. The next year, Robertson posted more historic numbers on his way to an MVP season. The only MVP not won by uh, um, Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain from 1960 to 68. Man. All the other ones were just those two. It's so unfair (laughs) (laughs) to be playing at this time. Yeah, it's outrageous. But the fact that he's doing this as a point guard when it's like a center-dominated league is Center used to be the most important position. Uh, the Royals would improve to a record of Bless 55 you. and 25, but once again they lost to Russell Celtics in the Eastern Finals. Mm. Yeah. The Royals would go on to lose in the first round of the playoffs for the next three seasons. After such disappointment, they decided to move on from their head coach, Jack McMahon, and bring on former head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, Ed Jucker. Go Bearcats! Now, before you go thinking that this was a move to connect Robertson to his old coach, just know Jucker wasn't the coach at the time of Robertson's college career. He actually got the job the year immediately following Robertson's departure. (laughs) So no affiliation. Yep. So no bond. No love. No love. In just two seasons under Jucker, the Royals would go a collective 80 and 84 and miss the playoffs twice. As the Royals continued to underperform, fan attendance and patience began to wane. In an effort to combat their plummeting approval rating, the Royals hired Celtics legend Bob Cousy to be the new head coach. Nice! Cousy came in with the intention of emphasizing youth and speed in the Royals' approach to the game. Gotta go fast! Gotta go fast! One of the casualties of this new focus was Jerry Lucas. R.I.P. The 29-year-old future (laughs) Hall of Famer. In exchange, the Royals got a 25-year-old forward in Bill Turner who never developed and played one season for Cincinnati. William Yep. And a 28-year-old point guard in Jim King, who was used as a marginal backup for a year before leaving Cincinnati as well. Okay, cool. So they definitely got, you know... They freed up a lot of roster space. They got yeah. the value of Jerry yeah. Lucas back. In but don't worry, guys. it was the uh, San Francisco Warriors that did that to him. Nice. So you're welcome. <laughs> However, Kuzi did have six all-stars that season. Seven, if you count him himself, <laughs> on the team. Only if he played. <laughs> oh, No, listen to this. Yes. But the Royals still managed to post the worst season since Robertson's rookie year with a record of 36 and 46. Things got so bad that Bob Cousy came out of his (laughs) six-year retirement and suited up for seven games at the age of 41. Player Player coach! coach. Yeah. It's incredible. (laughs) Even Oscar Robertson stumbled, not making the first-team All-NBA for the first time in his 10-year career. He was still an all-star, though, so sure, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. He got the fan vote. That's insane. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no. the gate, just he's like, I'm first-team NBA. I live here now. I'm an nice. all-star and first-team NBA. Every single year. And then, so he goes for ten years. He goes for nine on a nine-year run yeah. for all-NBA. 
and continues the all-star. He's like, I'll still be that. <laughs> I'll get back there, don't worry. It was after this laughable season that Kuzi made a choice. Since his entrance into the NBA, Oscar Robertson had been a star. He led the Royals in win shares every year he played. He averaged a triple-double over his first five seasons. Yep. He had nine consecutive first All-NBA and ten consecutive All-Stars. Yep. He remains the franchise leader for the now Kings in minutes, points, assists, free throws, and of course triple-doubles, not to mention a bevy of other niche statistical categories. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt he was the face of the Royals franchise. Unfortunately, his success soured his relationship with Bob Cousy. The predominant theory about this period of time is that Bob Cousy was both jealous and resentful of Oscar <laughs> Robertson. Before the Big O arrived in the league, Cousy was the definitive best point guard of all time. He had won three titles with the Celtics, the MVP in 1957, and had several All-Star and All-NBA selections. From 1952 to 1960, for eight consecutive seasons, Cousy led the league in assists. However, Oscar Robertson ended that streak his rookie season, and then proceeded to break Cousy's record for most assists in a season the next year. Yeah, when he blew it out of the water. Uh, yeah. Robertson would spend the next decade, decade surpassing several records once established by Cousy. Like, a bunch of his records. Yeah, I would okay. imagine that wouldn't... I can see the jealousy there. Oh, yeah. yeah. But also, at the same time, Cousy should just be like... I got these rings, though. Sure. And you don't. Sure. Because we beat you. Yeah, but he's walking into Cincinnati, which is, has been Oscar Robertson's town since Day college. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Cousy's resentment of Robertson wasn't just about the record books. The Big O also embarrassed him in head-to-head matchups as a player. Now, I went deep research on this. I, I went. It. I went to the box score of every game <laughs> that Oscar Robertson played against Bob Cousy. Um... Robertson and Cousy faced off against each other 27 times in the regular season. And despite the Celtics winning 20 of those meetings, Robertson outscored his counterpart 25 out of the 27 times. The two times he didn't was his rookie year. Now, sure, like, Cousy retired in year three of Oscar Robertson, but Mm -hmm. he was still playing a lot of minutes and putting up... up In other games, he was still putting up numbers. And in some of these games, he was putting up numbers. But not Oscar Robertson numbers. No, no one did. He outscored Cousy by 399 points, uh, 842 to 443, with Robertson averaging 31.2 points per game in their meetings and Cousy 16.4. I mean, you got to take that personally, right? Yeah. Oh, and to make matters worse, even Cousy's coach, Celtics legend Red Auerbach, was quoted saying, quote, he is so great, he scares me. (laughs) Red Auerbach would have loved Oscar Robertson on his team. I know. Also, when you combine that, you have to, like, think about it. Because, like, what you were talking about when we were talking about the Bill Russell Celtics, Uh how Auerbach didn't even want Kuzi to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the Cincinnati needs some ice cream. So, like, like, Bob Kuzi, he's like, I'm really good. I'm, like, a local legend. Mm -hmm. Auerbach gets quoted saying, he's like, I'd rather win than, like, please the local yokels yeah exactly um and get this like local boy Kuzi comes in proves himself still not enough for red Auerbach. he's like yeah okay you can play but you're not bill russell <laughs> no then, who i took over you <laughs> then he's winning all this stuff he wins the mvp and then when you're playing oscar robertson who hands it to you every night fred Auerbach's like yeah no he's scary good like <laughs> that's just one that we're going to have to concede we don't have something to stop him when it's Kuzi's job yeah so yes 
There's a lot there's, that goes into it. It'll build up. Yeah, no, it was a really interesting choice for Cincinnati to bring yeah. Casey in as yeah. the... Although, if you, brought, if, you brought in, if you brought in any point guard, it's probably going to be the same story. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Although, they're probably not the ones that have records, yep. you know. <laughs> This resentment led to obvious tensions as Cousy took minutes away from Robertson in favor of younger guards and questioned the legitimacy of a groin injury Oscar was nursing during the 1969 and 1970 season. Eventually, a deal was struck and Cousy shipped Robertson to Milwaukee in exchange for veteran point guard Flynn Robinson and Charlie Pauk, a technical rookie who had spent his first two NBA seasons in military service. It happens. Oh, so he'd only played like 17 games so far, so he's still <laughs> technically a rookie. Cool. About the trade, Robertson said, quote, I think he was wrong, and I will never forget it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so he took it well. Oh, no. Fortunately for Robertson, he was able to leave an underwhelming team and join a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Milwaukee. Yes. The pair immediately dominated, yep. Yep. rolling to a league-best 66-16 and 16, with a then-record 20 consecutive wins thrown in the mix. And they plowed their way through the playoffs, only losing two games on their way to a sweep of the Baltimore Bullets in the finals. Ha! Bullets. Nice. <laughs> Robertson would play three more seasons in the NBA, all with the Bucks. The Bucks won their division every year with Robertson and even made the finals again in 74, but they weren't able to secure another championship. On the flip side, the Royals' struggles increased. Both Flynn Robinson and Charlie Pock only spent one season in Cincinnati, and neither one contributed much as the Royals posted their worst record in over a decade with a 33-49 and record, and then followed it up with an even worse 30-52. and Yep, that's what happens when you trade away your franchise player. After two dismal seasons, the franchise moved and became the Kansas City Omaha Kings. Gross. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty wordy. <laughs> that's a title it really, right there. really rolls off the tongue. Cousy followed the team to Kansas, but was eventually fired early in the 73-74 season. Mm -hmm. Robertson was an all-time great player with the following accolades. 12 All-Star selections, 11 All-NBA selections, the 6-time assist champion, Rookie of the Year, MVP, 3-time All-Star MVP, 1 championship, and an induction into the Hall of Fame. <sighs> what a man. What Shoot. a man. Take that, Bob Cousy. Yeah. Who still is a legend yeah. in his own right. It's just this pet. That's what Jesse makes it goes fun. down as the second, like, third, lower-tiered point guard. Oh. Comparatively. I was actually looking up a list to see, when I was making the claim, like, Bob Cousy was, like, the definitive best point guard of all time. I'm like, uh -huh. I need to make sure there wasn't someone back there that, was, like, gave him a run for his money. Uh-huh. I looked it up. My like, Cousy is still on a lot of, like... Basketball guys like top ten all time. Really? Yeah. It's like of the guy point guards from like the sixties and uh -huh. before, Cousy and Oscar Robertson are the only ones that ever make an appearance anywhere close to the top. Interesting. Not even like Jerry West or anything like that? Jerry West makes an appearance, but they give Bob Cousy a, a lot, lot of, love. of love. Interesting. Like a lot of love. Like Jerry West. Jerry West was weird, because he was like... He's the logo! They used him as a shooting guard a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, Jerry West, where I would say Jerry West, yes, was better than Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy revolutionized the position. He's the one that brought Flash to it. Ooh. Um, <laughs> also, he came, he came before Jerry West. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Jerry West got drafted with Oscar Robert, yeah. Robertson. Um, they had no logo at the time. <laughs> Jerry West, I feel like, suffers from the same thing AI suffers with, in that... 
some people put him in the point guard category, some when other people put him in the shooting guard, guard category. That's fair. But, what can you do? He didn't play the position pure. <laughs> Not a pure position player. <laughs> in positionless basketball. <laughs> womp womp. Now that we presented one of the worst moves in NBA history, we will be presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Westover, kick us off. Alright, this week, I'm talking to the GM of the 76ers, Elton Brand. Nice. So, there's been rumors about trading Ben Simmons for, like, a while now? Yes. Sure. It's been a bit. It's time to pull that trader. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm -mm. Joel Embiid's the star of the team. It's a new co-star. Rumor has it that uh, coming up to the draft, Bradley Beal's going to be available. Beal. Beal needs out of D.C. He stayed loyal there far too long, and they've done nothing for him. I suggest you trade Ben Simmons and the 28th overall pick for Bradley Beal and the 2024 second, since Washington already kind of screwed their own picks up a little bit. Sure. They're Washington. They're yes. Washington. This square. Here's my thing about that. that. Yep. I don't think that's enough. I I've, agree. I've always seen Bradley Beal as a Clay Thompson esque player. Yes. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And so, and you're selling Ben Simmons at his all time low, so you're not going to mm. get that much value back for him. You might. Which be is able why to I don't it. think they should trade him right now. That's I think why Washington I'm saying would... that the Sixers have to include their first. And yeah, but it's a bad sure. first. It's if the Washington. 28th. Now, if Washington intends to maintain Russell Westbrook, I'd be they might be interested by the prospect of having Westbrook and Simmons just two like <laughs> uber two uber athletic slashers and just have a constant like just barrage. Just run uh, it's stupid, but it seems like something Washington would do. It would Sounds be. all right, but they have a good center prospect. And too. I, What's he gonna do? He um, just stands in the paint. Learn to dribble. Nope. <laughs> oh. It's too congested. Rebounding's hard. Wait, was that it? Yeah, no, that's okay. all I got. It was short, sweet, beautiful. Yeah. To the point. All right. My dear GM this week goes out to Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers. Nice. Bob, my guy. There have been rumors that the Warriors are interested in trading for Washington Wizards star Bradley Beal. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Writers, Sports writers get bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Yeah, that's actually the only place I've heard Bradley Beal actually linked to so far. Um, people are saying you'd give up pe- players like James Wiseman, Eric Paschal, and a bevy of picks to secure the All Star. I think this would be a mistake. This isn't two K. You shouldn't give up all your talented young players to make a big splashy move. Sure. Uh, and how would that even work? Steph at the point, Beal at the two, Thompson at the three? Yep. Yeah. Will Thompson even be able to return to form? Maybe. He doesn't have an ankle. <laughs> he doesn't need one. Robo leg. That might be their fear, but that might be why they're trying to get Beal, which I'm like, just get name. Yeah, there you go. If you're going Bring to him do, back to Oakland. If you're going to just double down on guards, just go get go Dame. Get Dame. <laughs> now that I would support. <laughs> Steph and Dame just shoot from For- their logo. <laughs> and take a look at who just won the championship. The Bucks won through tough physical play and great defense. With Beal on our our offense would be ridiculous, but who would play defense? Who would play in the paint? The fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you let me play center, then it's fine. Then absolutely go. For it. <laughs> uh, we would just be like the discount version of Brooklyn's big three, except Kevin Durant is at least seven feet tall. Uh, so don't get me wrong. I think you should definitely make a move to have one more shot at a championship while Steph is still a god. But... I don't think Bradley Beal is the right option. Keep looking. Interesting. You know, tough but fair. Yeah. Tough but fair. 
This week, I'm addressing GM of the Detroit Pistons. Yay! Troy Weaver. We all talk to our favorite teams, right, Westover? Oh. Oh, poor buddy. He missed out. Troy, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) We won the championship. (laughs) We were finally bad enough to secure the top overall pick. And get it. But please, 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 please don't overthink this. This opportunity doesn't come around often for us. Trade out. This Trade is it for o- Ben Simmons. I hate you both so much. <laughs> this is only the second time this century we have had a top five pick, and we botched the last one. I think we all know we what all I'm referring remember to. Remember it. We don't have to say it. Do not trade this to the Rockets. Or anyone for that matter, but it's the Rockets who are aggressively pursuing this, and calling you all day and night. No. Oh, there we go. For shy. Reason one. Cade Cunningham is clearly the best prospect in the draft, and we need another guard. Two, the Rockets have the number two, and I'm, you know, I'm way too superstitious to trust that spot ever again. <laughs> it's ruined for me. That's fair. That's, that's Two fair. is a bad number now. Yeah, no, two is a bad number. L- like, last time we had a top five pick, 2003, number two, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. We picked Darko Milicic. Did really we still win? Kate sure. But who's the two. best sheep farmer out of all of those people you named? Darko Melange. Thank you. Also, for the Eagles, we drafted Carson Wentz number two. Mm-hmm. And while I still think that's our own organization's fault, that went horribly. <laughs> we did win a Super Bowl, but he was gone. It's Nick Foles's. Yep. Um, anyways. <laughs> there's not a statue to Carson Wentz. No, yeah, that was it. <laughs> there shouldn't be a statue to Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. They were perfect, and they shined the brightest for just a moment. You know when they say, act like you've been here before? We yep. did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what it's like. Cool. I bet Tom Brady has so many statues of himself. Yeah, right? Right? Tom Brady doesn't have a statue, and you're going to... Yeah, okay. Just don't trade back. If you want to turn the pick into a superstar player who is young enough to help grow our youthful core, then sure. Not Ben Simmons. I, <laughs> I guess I can make this concession. But that is unlikely that you'll be able to do that without offering up a lot of the other stuff that we have begun to cultivate. So please, just do the easy thing, because it's the smart thing, and it's the right thing. Cade Cunningham. I approve this message. And that's the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Whoop, whoop. And the words of Bob Cousy, quote, As a coach, I wanted to keep things from being too complicated. Unquote. As a player, I only wanted the most complicated. He also had a quote of saying he was the original socially depraved, shy ghetto kid. What? Huh? What? It was like the 40s when he was a child, <laughs> so maybe even... No, maybe the 30s. The, he grew up in the Depression. Those so. words meant different things back yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did mean different things back then. It was, think, Depression era. <laughs> ghetto just means neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was in a ghetto back then. In the ghetto. Thanks, Elvis. Thanks for bringing it back to the musical <laughs> theme. I really missed it. Yeah, I know. It just seemed to be lacking throughout. I thought you guys would carry it, but once again... It's on me. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and remember, this was mismanaged. Bye-bye.